What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another edition of the Sick Podcast. Got a lot to cover today. Some good, potentially good news. Uh, some really upsetting news. Um, some borderline, well, not borderline, some ridiculously despicable news. Uh, we're gonna get all we're gonna get into all that and more on this week's episode of Talking Titans. Start me up, Shane. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast. Talking Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, 94 yards. Touchdown, Titans. He is the baddest man in the NFL. And he just took her to the house. The sickest Tennessee Titans podcast. Sick! It's going to be sick. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Sick Pack Podcast, Talking Titans. I'm joined uh, by my co-host, Jarrett Vin, is out uh, this week for a personal matter. We hope he gets all the good news he's looking for on that end, and we can't wait Absolutely. to have him back next week. Um, but we're going to truck along here. I want to thank you and Vin for taking over last week when I was away. Um, let's just jump right into it. How are you doing today, though, Vin? Or Jarrett? Vin, a little Sorry. more different. <laughs> it's all, Two good-looking it's guys. All, I can't remember. It's all good, man. Enjoyed the fourth with the family. Um, hope you did as well. Welcome back I to did. the show. Hope you enjoyed Absolutely. your vacation. And, uh, yes, did. we're all praying for Vinny and hope everything goes well. Yeah, Vin, Vin's got some stuff going on with his family health, and uh, we hope the best for him. He's, yep. he's a strong-headed kid, and his family is no different. So uh, we hope for the best, and we'll, we'll get him back in the mix, of course, as soon as he gets his stuff um all taken care of so um let's jump right into this week's show we got some good stuff uh some bad stuff some some possible good additions that we might look into at least others believe that we should look into some guys but let's start off with the negative things um as titans fans unless you've been living under a rock you've uh you've heard some unfortunate news on two separate uh individuals on our team uh we'll start off with the with the more well the, the news that's probably gotten more headlines over the past few days um, Hassan Haskins, uh, one of our running backs currently on the, on the roster, probably won't be for much longer. Um, basically, uh, choked his fucking girlfriend, uh, over some social media stuff. And as you can see here, then he started waving a gun at her after that, if it wasn't enough. Um, so yeah, that's not looking too good for him. Um, obviously I know you, Jared, are very high on our current, uh, draftee. Uh, in the running back position anyway, but um, what do you think this means? I mean, I think it's cut and dry, but uh, I think this guy's off the hook and, and out of this organization once all this stuff is settled. Yeah, once once they get all of the information, I mean, they have most of it already. Um, I don't see him because, you know, Vrabel and Rand are trying to hold a strict, you know, team and put them together. I don't see this happening, especially, with, you know, with the strangulation and, you know, you know, protecting one of the women and, and abuse and everything like that. They, Amy doesn't want that on the team, I, I believe, you know, and I'm, I'm sure all the fans are, would agree on that. And uh, we have a capable backup now, Tajay Spears. And, and we have backups in, I mean, is Hilliard a uh, free agent or do we get him still? Or uh, That's a great question. I'll have to look into I, that. I, I forgot about that, but there, there are other ones. Um, you know, on the roster as well, but Spears is going to be the the one A and one B with with Derrick Henry. So, uh, we all thought, you know, once they we drafted Spears, Hassan Haskins was going to be on on the end uh, because you know Rand Carthon, you know, found diamonds in the rough in San Francisco. So now he's just bringing that back over here with Tajay Spears. So, I I think he's going to solidify the RB two spot. I don't see Hassan Haskins 
anywhere near training camp. I think he's going to get cut way, way before that. I know we have two weeks away, but still. Yeah, so he's not on the roster currently. So uh, he's probably a free agent. I don't know if he's been signed yet. We'll look into that uh, as we go through the show. But, um, yeah, it's just I, I really I don't understand how these young men um, don't realize that because of the position that they're in, and because of the world of social media and how easy it is to find out anything about anyone, uh, yeah. how these how these gentlemen allow themselves to be in this posi- these positions that ruin their livelihood and not for a short time, for a long time. You know, this guy worked his ass off in high school and college to get to the position that he's in, uh, and he's had about a cup of coffee in the National Football League, and he probably won't be playing much more football. Uh, for here on out, if at all. And I, I, it just blows my mind. I mean, I'm not in the position that these guys are in, um, but, you know, it, it's shocking that there's not enough supporting cast members of these guys have around them to um, to, to not get, let, allow them to get in these positions. You know, you look in a similar situation, the same state that we're talking about. You got the bullshit with uh, what's his name from Memphis, Morant. I mean, he's just off his rocker all the way, given every chance in the world to right his wrongs and he continues to, to screw up and it, it's mind blowing, you know, and, and putting your hand on women is, is obviously a uh, horrible offense and anyone who does it or thinks it's okay. Um, doesn't deserve to be making the amount of money they're making playing a game. So um, yeah, I, just, I really don't understand. Lee, it, it, Ray Rice was the example way back. Yeah. In the day. You know how, how you, how it continuously goes on in the NFL, every sport and even everyday life. Plain and simple, you, you don't touch women. Yeah. Okay. And this is over Instagram, and this is over this that what this destroyed this whole country is the phone. Absolutely, absolutely. I say it once, I say it a million who, times. Who cares, dude? So be yeah. it. Yeah. There's there's a reason that Apple's logo is an apple with a bite in it, and I I always allude to that when I'm talking about how you know the cell phone has ruined um, our civilization because you, you think about Adam and Eve, and that's that's it. You bite out of the yeah. apple, you. You use that phone, and uh, you can ruin your your own life and others' lives. And uh, I mean, not it's I'm not alluding to the fact that if there wasn't a phone around, that this guy would still have a job or deserve to have a job. But um, you know, social media and, and the internet is just uh, it's becoming a problem. And um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I hope the the young woman that was involved uh, gets the closure she needs. And uh, as far as Haskins is concerned, uh, I'm sure punishment will be coming along, which he deserves. And uh, whatever demons he has that causes him to do make the decisions he's made, hopefully he can correct them and exactly. um, you know live a a, a life of uh, you know higher moral value than he has now. So um, good riddance to you, sir, and you need to find some help. And then we're gonna move on. So another unfortunate situation, which again another another situation which I just genuinely don't understand. Um, Nicholas Petit Ferrer is gonna be suspended. Basically half the season now. Uh, yeah, six game isn't half, but it might as well be because this is a very big position that we're already have question marks all over the fucking place to begin with. And this is a guy that was supposed to be at least in the discussions as a starter for us. And we probably both think and Vin included that he was going to be a starter this year. And now we got to deal with his dumb ass being benched because he bets on football. The one thing that you can't do. When I don't think it, I don't think it was football. I think it was another sport. But he was in the facility, in in the Tennessee Titans facility while he was betting. So he, whether it be baseball or basketball, he was in that facility. Yes, thank you for correcting me on that because that that's important. It, regardless of whether it's football, tennis, yeah. 
badminton. You know, you should know the fucking rules, dude. You're playing professional sports. You can't bet on professional sports in the facility of the professional sports team that you play for. Uh, and now this dipshit is going to really put a fucking wrench in our whole situation, no offensive line. And now we got to, you know, figure it out almost halfway into the summer how we're going to make up for this guy's wrong. And I'm sure we'll find a way to figure it out. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, Jerry, what, what can you say about this? It's just a bad situation that continues to get worse with this offensive line group, and we just can't seem to catch a break. It is, especially after what me and Vin talked about. We broke down the offensive line last week as the first position group you know, to break down on the podcast. And I gave him all the all the uh, high praise because he was the only offensive lineman that started all 16 games or 17 yep. games for us last year. And he was pretty solid. You know, he was next to everybody, you know, on the offensive line. You know, who, who there was no cohesiveness throughout that whole year. But um, just thinking about it now, now that he's gone, yes, it may hurt. It does look like it hurts us a lot. But we have um, Daniel Brunskill who's played every single position on the offensive line. So if you even bump him over to right tackle, you have Radunes come and play at left guard. You have Radunes come at right tackle. Brunskill stays at, at left uh, right guard. Or even Jalen Duncan, the rookie from um, Maryland, who J Daniel Jeremiah, what we talked about, what, what could be the diamond of the rough in the sixth round, this guy. He was uh, third team, I think, all – what's that conference again? All Big Ten, I think. And um, – the kid's a mover, man. He's he's a very solid guy. I, I looked him up this past week because I said, you know what, we're going to need a, a right tackle. If, if Brunskill doesn't come over, is Jalen Duncan uh, the guy or is, is Dylan Ray Dunes going to actually step up after the ACL and, and be that, that glue that we need over there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, it's a situation that already had question marks, and then this situation yeah. just added more question marks and – um, side note before we mention Hilliard, he's actually still currently a free agent. So, um, does this uh, bring him back in the equation of a guy they might try to look to get on at least on the process squad? Who knows? Um, I like I'm that Julie, sure. Julius Chestnut guy, I liked him. I think he's still on the roster, yeah. As well. he, he was still on the list that I just looked at. So, yeah. um, you know, listen, <laughs> the running back position, we got we've had plenty of guys that uh are solid running back threes that either excel at that position or uh, find their way onto another team once once they do well with us. Like the RB3 guy that you just plug in place and he'll have a weird 90-yard you know, game here and there. Uh, Deontay Foreman, you could argue, should you know was a guy that should have stayed. Looking at it now, definitely should have. Yeah. Uh, but we can't get that legit guy to pair with Henry. Um, and hopefully we have him now with Spears. So yeah. we'll see how that all, all turns out. But as far as the offensive line, you just got to hope that Rand and Mike know what they're doing and, uh, you know, they can find the guys to keep the dam up before uh, NPF comes back. And not like NPF is a Hall of Fame guy by any means. But he, may, he um, honestly, he may have lost that job, especially if, if he's out more than half of the season and, and Brunskill is that guy at right or Dylan, uh, Jalen Duncan comes in or, or Ray Dunes and they're playing lights out. He's not going to be, he's not going to see the field. No, he, he was not, I mean, really, he was not in a position to do this. Obviously, it's wrong to do it no matter what. But, you know, if Terry Lewan bet on sports five years ago, he was going to get his job back week seven. You know what yeah. I mean? This guy, is anyone's guess how his longevity with this organization was going to come about. Um, and this was just an even more catastrophic disaster for him, even more than Haskins, because this is a guy that, that started already in the league yeah. um, and had an opportunity in his second year 
to really solidify his place in this offensive line. And now, you know, somebody else is getting an opportunity. Yep. And if they do better, good riddance, my friend. You know, so the rotation guy, a backup now, or he's going to fight yeah. for his job again. There are hundreds of thousands of people that are, you know, working their ass off to, to have a possible chance to, to play offensive linemen in the NFL. And um, you snooze, you lose. And yep. he just made a stupid mistake. And we'll see how all that, all that shapes up. At least he made a mistake to where you could still root for the guy when he comes back. Haskins, that's a different story. But um, moving forward, uh, we've talked about a bunch of different uh, skill players and all different position groups over the last couple of weeks, offense, defense, offensive line. We're going to touch on our linebacking core this week. Uh, Shane does some graphics for us as far as our current depth chart at both inside, outside. We'll start with inside. Um, you know, looking at this list here, nothing, absolutely nothing that makes you jump off the page and, and makes you say, okay, this is a locked-in position group. And we're talking about this for a reason, which we'll get to. Um, but really, I think you would attest to this, Jared. I mean, this is average at best in this position, would you say? Yeah, I mean, this is why I wanted to talk about the linebackers again because I think that is the next phase on defense that is the weakest spot for us. I mean, you have Al Shair coming over from San Francisco. He needed he needed a uh, a starting spot. He's got it in Tennessee. He looks like he's going to be a, a, a better um, – who did we lose to the Dolphins? What the hell is his name? David Long. David Long looks Jr. Like he's yeah. Be a, yeah, it looks like he's going to be a better David Long Jr. You know, he, he finds the ball – and he's a tackling machine. But the other guys, you know, Chase Campbell, rookie last year, Jack Gibbons, uh, Luke Gilf- Guilford, and Monty Rice, I think are the other guys that are going to be on the roster. So that's five. And there's no wow. You know, no. look at that linebacker. Even, you know, look at the other two. I mean, how, how many do we even carry? Five, right? Five or yeah, six guys? Around there. I mean, I'm looking at this list. It's got to be five because if they're, if they're, if they got two guys and two outside linebackers and they're running a four, three or, or a three, four, you know, you at least have to have two guys on the, on the back end. So, I mean, that is just a shaky bunch right there at inside I mean, uh, outside of Algier, I mean, first of all, Aziz Al-Zair, if you if you walked by me, I wouldn't even know. Obviously, not yet. I've barely seen the guy. But at the bookends here, Al-Zair, Monty Rice, there's only two guys on this list I even re- remotely remember. Yeah, Chance Campbell. The, the name was cool, so I kind of remember him. But these guys are fucking nobodies, so – um, again, people who have their reservations about this defense, I can understand why, because, you know, we can say all we want about what our ceilings are for these guys, but there's not many established defensive players on this team outside of the big names like Byard, Simmons, Landry, and even Fulton, you could say, eh, you know, we don't know what we're going to get out of him. And this, this specific group and in inside linebacker is, is just really scary okay yeah. and if you want to be continuously good at stopping the run you want to get pressure on the quarterback your inside linebacking core has to be legit and this is not legit by any stretch of the imagination um, i understand i understand that the nfl is evolving too so they may not want the we don't, you know we're not gonna have the terrell Suggs, the uh the joey porters the uh ray lewis is no more because it, you know, it's a passing down, not a passing league, not a running league, uh, theoretically anymore. So these guys yeah. are fat, fast guys. They're six two linebackers. I, I don't know what their weight is, but they're you know they're tiny linebackers. They're not the big guys no more. So they got to be able to drop back in coverage and play the run. So that's why I think you know they're going with the Shair and the um, Monty Rice. You know, because I think that's gonna those two are gonna be the starting spots. And uh, Jack Gibbons, man, I you know when when he we signed him, and uh, and Luke from Dallas. I think Luke's from Dallas. I was watching some of the stuff, you know, some of their tape. 
you know, they're, they're key special teams guys, but Vrabel always finds those guys that are key contributors like Will Compton. He, when he stepped in, he, he played pretty well for us in that 2019 season, and he stepped up well on the defense. So, I mean, if they got knack for the ball, they're going to play. So hopefully everything turns out well for them. But I do think the outside linebacking core is a lot better than the inside linebacking yeah. core for sure. Absolutely. Now, and let's take a look at that, Shane, if you won't mind. We're going to move on to the outside linebackers. Um, upside, obviously, much higher with this group. Yep. Uh, Arden Key, Landry, and Weaver are the three that I would immediately point to as far as uh, where you can see potential real impact on the defensive side of the football. Uh, McLeod, Murphy, and Rush, I mean, these are probably injury play and plug-and-play guys. Who knows? Somebody could jump up and Caleb make Murphy. Caleb Murphy's the rookie. Yeah, maybe. You know, nothing shocks me. Um, he's he's going to make that roster, I'm telling you. Yeah, Mike Vrabel has obviously a knack of bringing the best out of everyone on the defensive side of football, and that's why, you know, uh, you appreciate him getting in the mix on the training camp side of, of the game and with the pads and how he's so involved. And he's a motivator, no doubt about it. Um, but this is definitely a better group, better group. And and you can you could uh, segue into what PFF talks about it as far as what they suggest, and give me your thoughts on um, if you were the GM, if you would uh, sign off on that. Yeah, but before we get into the PFF, we have Arden Key, Harold Landry, who I think those two are starters, obviously. And then to make the roster is going to be Caleb Murphy and Rashad Weaver. The other two, McLeod and Rush, I don't think that they're going to make the roster. Those are training camp fills. But this is why there's rumors that are going on by PFF. And, you know, coming into training camp, the, the second wave, third wave, fourth wave of free agency comes. You know, we sign a veteran like this. So PFF, Shane, if you could throw that graphic up has us saying that we should sign Kyle Van Noy before training camp. You know, he's a New England guy. He, he got cut, I think, for a two-year $16 million contract in New England and then went over to the Chargers last year, had a pretty solid season. He's a locker room guy. You add him to that mix, that's uh, five, I think, on rotation. And if you have uh, Van Noy, Weaver, Arden Key, Harold Landry, and Caleb Murphy – Without Caleb Murphy seeing any you know field time, but what he brings to the table with 29 sacks in college and 39 and a half tackles for a loss, the guy's a football player. So with those five, I think the outside linebacking core is pretty damn scary. Yeah, I mean, listen, there, there's a lot of positives about why this would be something that we should definitely entertain. Yeah. Um, number one, I mean, he's a linebacker that is basically automatic five-sack guy for the year, which, yep. listen, doesn't sound like a ton. But with our linebacking, rotation, rotation. Yeah, with our linebacking core over the last decade, you get a linebacker that's going to give you five sacks in a year. You're going to sign that dotted line because that's just something that outside of Landry, we haven't seen a whole lot of. Yep. I mean, really, yep. our linebackers have, have over the past decade haven't been real get to the quarterback guys. Our defensive line's been pretty excellent over the past decade. Yeah. Uh, guys like, or maybe I should say, 15 years, 20 years, guys like Hainsworth, Casey, now Simmons. Um, Vandenbosch. Van Bosch. Well, Van Den Bosch was probably more of a linebacker, right? No, it was at the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. played outside of that. But regardless, listen, Van Noy is a two-time Super Bowl champion. Um, obviously a locker room guy, like you said. Yep. He's 32 years old. So, you know, you're probably looking at hopefully a situation kind of like uh, who was the dude that we brought in about five, six years ago from Miami? Um, oh, that was Cameron Wake. 
Cameron Wake, that kind of guy, you know, yep. definitely made some plays, but you brought him in for the the veteran the lock, presence. Yeah, the locker room, the veteran presence, um, absolutely. And I listen, I think he Wake had a decent career with Tennessee. I think he played three years with us and he had some good plays. Um, but listen, just because of the depth that we talked about, I'd be all for it. You shouldn't really have to dish out too much cash to get him. Yeah. Um, and uh, if we could throw another linebacker that's going to get you five, six sacks, why not? You know, and, he, and he's got the experience in the regulars in the playoffs. He's a he's a New England guy. Um, a lot of positives. The only negative really is the age outside of that. So, uh, you know, PFF mentioned it. For all we know, Mike and, and, and Rand could have no possible, yeah. you know, intentions of even giving the guy a call. But um, listen, we said it. The linebackers are weak. They really are. One injury. God forbid, knock on wood, to a guy I won't name, you know, another injury to a guy I won't name, and then you're you're in a pretty bad situation. Okay, you can't put all your keys or keys, all your eggs in Arden Key and I'll seize all year. Um, you just can't because they're just not proven enough. You're just assuming they're going to take the next step. So, yeah. um, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, the the, the time is is slowly ticking away here. I can't believe we're already past Fourth of July. I mean, week one is Training we're going to have camp. Yep. Training camp gonna, is right here. Yeah, we're gonna have to, we're gonna get to see Will Levis throw live footballs in a game pretty soon. I know you're not too excited <laughs> about that, but um, and see even what he's got. Malik, well, I'm, I'm I'm listen. I'm just as excited to see what Malik's got in him because it's gonna be so easy to tell. I think you would agree if he's making any progress, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was just so eh, last year that just a couple more progressions. And a little bit more zip on the ball, and uh, you know, you start thinking to yourself, mm. you know what I mean? It's a, it's a lot of confidence, man. I mean, I, I I know I I bashed him last year, but a lot of the reason is, is coaching, and and the Todd Downing. I'll even talk about it. Todd Downing ruined Tannehill. He ruined Malik Willis. Um, the kid's talented. Let's see what he does this year. I don't know if he's going to get a chance, but if he if he looks anywhere near. Better throwing the football last year because he threw it what twenty four times. He's going to have a solid yeah. career. So, like I said, even if Tannehill rolls the whole year, that's fine. We have two capable quarterbacks next year: Will Levis and uh, Malik Willis to fight it out and battle. And that's that's a great one too. You know, yeah. We never we, we had uh, what the hell's his name? Luke Luke whoever the backup Luke, for years. Luke or uh, what the. Um... Not Luke Falk. Uh, yeah, I don't even, I don't even know the guy anymore because we have, yeah. we have that many quarterbacks. He's not Atlanta now. He's actually yeah. what's his name? Yeah, Logan, Logan something. Logan Woodside, Woodside. Yeah, yeah. Woodside. I mean, it, what? Who the hell's that? At least I would want to have like a Will Levis or Malik Willis. Yeah, that that guy. Forget about it. Listen, one thing you cannot teach is athleticism. You can't. You just yeah. can't. And and I'm sorry. You, you as far as athleticism, size, speed, strength, arm strength, you can put Malik Willis. I'm just saying, like, as far as his capabilities, you can stack it up with all the, the big-name guys. It's just that he's got to put it all together, and it's yeah. all mental. A lot of it's obviously – so much of it is mental. Um, I mean, he could throw it as far as anybody. He can run as fast as any quarterback, and he's probably has more strength than a good 65 70% of the guys at quarterback right now. He's a strong man, um, but he's got to put it together, and, and his clock, unfortunately, is – ticking a little faster than he probably would have liked because of the situation he was put in in this organization. Yeah. So um, just so excited to get into the preseason to see what these guys are made of. Um, it's going to be a fun competition at quarterback. 
uh, between Levis and Willis as far as who that number two guy is. It's anyone's guess. I, I'm not putting anything past Malik now from what I've heard from the guys on the field. So um, that, that in his Instagram post, you ready? Man, I mean, he's never lacked confidence, but if he doesn't make it as an NFL quarterback, he should be like a motivational speaker because he can get you motivated, and he and he, you know, he he makes you believe that God's going to make sure he he makes it work for him. So, um, listen, we're some people say we're in a bad situation. I think we're in a great situation. People say we have one of the worst quarterback rooms in the league. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how you can say that. I mean, yeah, is there a lot on paper to show right now? No, but ceiling wise, I mean, it's through the roof. You got a guy yeah. who's already been to the playoffs multiple times, probably the best quarterback in the league that's never been to a Super Bowl. You can argue, um, maybe the exception of Kirk Cousins, um, and then you got two two essentially rookies, all the athleticism in the world, and they just need somebody to point them in the right direction. So. Yeah. Could be worse, right? Could be worse. Absolutely. Listen, absolutely. And we we ran through that in the in 2012 and 13 and 14. So I'm happy with the quarterback situation. That's why I'm not giving up on Tannehill either. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna open that box. No, that's for okay. that's for another podcast. For another to, podcast to, to Get, break that down. Yeah, you know, I think the last thing we should touch on just again. See, I don't think anything's changed as far as your thoughts on whether or not it should happen. But this fucking DeAndre Hopkins situation is really starting to. Bug me, it's, you know it's, what I mean? every, it's every week. I mean, I seen your tweet and I was going to say something, but why would I re- reiterate what you just said? Because yeah. every week it's all oh, the Patriots are the favorite. Oh, wait, the, the Titans are right there. They, yeah. you know, they're emerging as the best. No shit. I, I, I said it last week. It's either between the Patriots or the Titans. Yeah. And I, my deadline was July 4th. I thought it was going to you know pick us July 4th. But you know what? It may be uh, in two weeks, right before training camp. It, and especially if he picks the Titans, he doesn't need to worry about the offense because he knows it. If he picks mm-hmm. the Patriots, he knows Bill, uh, Bill O'Brien's offense. So he knows it already. He's probably conditioned. So he's just going to walk into the team and go to training camp. That's it. Yeah, I, I, I'm just having trouble understanding why this is even. Yeah. I, I mean, in, like I said, unless unless New England is offering him in the vicinity, which I don't think of like seven to ten million more than the no. Titans. I just don't see what the upside is. You you know for a fact that New England is going to be the worst team outside of catastrophic injury in that division. They are not better than the Buffalo Bills. They are not better than the New York Jets. And they are not better than the Miami Dolphins. So you're going to a division which you have about a 5% chance of winning the division. and. Less than, and then you're in a conference that the wild card team is probably going to have 11 wins around there because there's just so much talent. I don't see where the benefit is of, of what just because it's Bill Belichick. I, I, I just don't get it. But for whatever reason, everyone and their mother is saying they're still very much in it. And there's definitely been more of a tilt towards that way than our way, at least over the past week or so. But I mean, it's just going to be just- such a worse. Oh, when he picks New England in like two weeks, it's it's oh. not going to happen. They keep it ran and Mike keep it very tight. And uh, supposedly, I don't know if that's true either. He was at a party in Nashville on the rooftop. Don't know how true that is. I heard rumors all over the place about that. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to put that out there and say that that's true. But um, you have Derrick Henry, man. He's going to want to play with Derrick Henry. Traylon Burks. He's want to play with Traylon Burks versus Juju Smith Schuster and Devontae Parker. 
Come on, man. Yeah, again, and it's like they don't even know what they're getting from their quarterback yet. No. I mean, uh, is it Mac Jones? Is it Zappy? I mean, you don't know. Um, and like I said, if we got him, I would go to sleep at night thinking, okay, maybe, maybe he gets a chance to go on the redemption tour in the playoffs, not in the regular season. I don't want to hear none of that. You know, well, yeah, he's going to go on. No, he doesn't. He, he, there's no redemption tour to be taken in the regular season. It starts when the new year turns. That's when his redemption tour starts. And if we have DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks healthy for 14 plus games, um, I'll give us a shot against anyone. I really will because um, because of the of the special talent we have on both sides of the ball that change games. Listen, we don't need we don't need both guys to go over a thousand yards. If if Traylon Burks does take that next step and get us eleven hundred yards and you know whatever touchdowns and and Hopkins comes in and gets eight hundred plus yards and, and eight touchdowns, sign me the hell up. Yeah. yeah, sign me up because we do need that compliment. You know, you yeah. could put him in the slot. He moved into the slot in Arizona. Uh, KP says you know he, he he wants to come back to establish himself again. You know because he missed all of last year basically. So if you put him into the slot, you have. One, two on the – I mean, it's a scary trio right there, especially with Chig, man. It's a scary yeah. trio. But you know what? Now that you say that, I, another another wrench to throw into this, I mean, in a way, I guess another aspect of this that needs to be discussed is maybe in his mind he's saying to himself, this team doesn't throw very much. And you already had a guy of the likes of Julio Jones that showed up, although he was hurt a lot. Really didn't get the targets. I'm sure he was expecting. Hey, well, he already said he doesn't want that. He doesn't. He doesn't need that anymore. He's looking to win, and he knows he's got the best. And Derrick Henry, he, listen, he's 28 too. So if they're going to spread him out, and Tajay Spears is going to get some action, and Derrick Derrick doesn't need to touch the ball 32 times anymore. Yeah, but you, you know, know that's not. It doesn't matter what he needs or want. He's gonna. Nah, that's, I mean, you know he's gonna. I've talked about this before. I, I don't want it, and I've campaigned for it over and over again, but nothing – it doesn't matter who's in charge of the offense. Henry's going to get 25 carries plus a game, and that's just – it's it's just never going to translate well, if into that's playoff the case, wins. If that's the case, you still got to cover the two guys on the outside, three, four guys on the outside, yeah. you know, with, with Chig and KP and, and Burks and Hopkins. I mean, those guys got to be covered. So it leaves more guys out of the box. It gives him a better chance to break one. You know, you think one off the spears, you put both of them in the backfield. There's threats all over the place. So hopefully he, Tim Kelly can put something together, and hopefully DeAndre Hopkins picks us because yeah. that, that's exciting, man. I, I'll throw champagne in, in the air, film it for everybody on Twitter. I'll go live on here with you guys. I mean, that. I mean, we all got excited for Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. The Julio Jones experiment was was horrible. He was barely on the field, but I don't see that. I talked this with Vin last week. I don't see DeAndre Hopkins being a Julio Jones, not being yeah. on the field as much. He wants to be there, and to me, he's more of a football guy. Julio Jones is one foot out the door. Yeah, he he's not. He has a lot more in the tank. I think. Yeah, he's definitely definitely closer to his prime than Julio was when he yeah. arrived here, um, and that shouldn't be understated. I mean. And, he, and he's arguably the best route runner to ever touch turf. So, um, and that's obviously very important, especially for a team that doesn't throw a lot to begin with. You need elite route runners for when you do throw the football. And he's the top of his class. So, um, you know, we're going to continue to hold that hope. I'm praying to God that he can be brought in to one of these podcasts as a member as we prolong or continue on into the summer. 
Um, but man, it's like I said, it's going to be so much harder to swallow the later he waits, if it ain't us and, um, just going to keep campaigning and, and hoping for the best. So, um, I think we're going to wrap up tonight. Is there anything else you want to add before we, uh, close out for the week? Bob, man, just can't wait to get everybody back, um, next week, you know, um, Sammy and I know come back from vacation as well. Shane, you're doing a hell of a job behind the scenes. So I appreciate you taking over, um, and then hopefully we get some positive news for Vin, man. Praying for uh, him and his family, and I want the trio back next week. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I want to touch on that as well. Shane, thanks so much for filling in. You did a great job, and uh, we'll get Vin back in here hopefully next week. And uh, definitely want to do some more fan stuff. We get DMs all over the place of people that want to join in, and uh, a lot of them I really like and think they bring a lot to the show. So. Uh, as always, we're going to continue to try to get great guests on here, great fans, and, and just kind of build our brand. And uh, you guys have been really great and, and helping us grow uh, at a really fast rate. And uh, we're going to do our best to show our appreciation with the content we put out. So um, hope everyone has a great night, great day, great week. And um, as always, tighten up. Shane. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Talking Titans on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.